Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are talking about chief diversity officers and the fact that they are failing the group that they purport to help. Um, Black and brown students, your favorite phrase, (laughs) black and brown students are suffering in the wake of the rise of the acquisition of chief diversity officers. Mm. You know, we made a joke about this a while back. We were talking about how if we wanted to get into a lucrative line of work, it would be to to become a chief diversity officer because it became such a popular thing. It was almost like YouTube influencer. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like every organization needed one, Yeah, you know, because the times called for it. Mm. It seems like maybe they don't, though, because now there's information that suggests strongly that school districts that had a chief diversity officer, Mm -hmm. overwhelmingly the black students and the Hispanic students in their district underperformed other students uh, with regard to their math scores. And so Mm. we're going to talk a little bit about that. It seems like also that there's a focus a little bit more on ideological sort of like proselytization than there is actual like attention being given to how the classrooms are stacked Mm. and what kids are actually learning. Interesting. Interesting. So they're not really fulfilling what they say that they are supposed to be, you Mm. know, like not the main part of it. Yes. They have a hidden agenda. Maybe not hidden. That's it. But an agenda. No, you're on to something because they they are not fulfilling what on the surface they purport to fulfill, right? Which is like a requirement to ensure that black students and right. brown students, as right. we are commonly called in this black culture, brown, are not, it's, it's ridiculous, but that they're <laughs> not falling behind. But I think to the point that you're making here, there actually is an agenda. There is an ideology that they are quite successful at. And so we're going to mm. talk about this because the Heritage Foundation has just released a backgrounder that reveals some information that I think is going to be shocking. And so, of okay. course, we're going to talk about it because we are here for this, exposing the lies of diversity equity and inclusion mm. cannot be done enough especially as it pertains to our kids you know one of the things that i say is that whenever you have critical race theory or critical theory mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that it it of necessity destroys everything that it touches mm. and so diversity equity and inclusion whatever that means is just like it it destroys everything that it touches and now we can even see this in the area of education we're going to get into that today but first yes how about some culture proof housekeeping Yes, thank you so much for your support. Thank you, thank you. And if you are enjoying the shows, uh, pass it on to a friend. You can share the podcast. We would love for you to do so. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we we know that you're sharing it. You know because we see uh, the the, the um, outflow of the that being shared. Yeah. And so we 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 thank you. We thank you for that. But also make sure that you. Uh, Give us a good report, a five star rating. You know, <laughs> a good report. Yeah, it sounds like we're because, in school. Yeah, because you know nobody wants a bad report. No. We want a we want a five star rating. We want you to review it. Tell us your thoughts about the podcast, and also continue to engage. We love the engagement, the comments. Man, thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here. It really encourages our heart. It really does. And in fact, we read those comments and we see those stars and it makes a huge difference. I'll tell you the other thing that it does is that it gets the podcast on the radar of people who care about culture. Like if they are interested Mm. in what we hope is a service to the body of Christ, then they may discover culture proof because you shared it or because you gave it a five star review. They might discover it if you give it a one star. 
for, for maybe for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So, so don't stuff? do that, right? <laughs> like, I feel like the person is like, oh, you shouldn't have said don't do it. Uh, it's like don't. wet paint, don't touch. Oh, now man. you want to. Don't anyway, be that person. No, actually, we're doing well and we really do appreciate it. We also appreciate your financial support. Thank you so much for joining our team. We call it. Uh, becoming a member of the resistance. Mm. So many people have um, partnered with us and said, uh, the work that you're doing is vital. Mm. And it means a lot. I have to tell you, it is such an encouragement to us. If you are able to support us financially on a monthly basis, or maybe just whenever you can, all of that makes a difference. And it helps us to continue resisting this culture Mm. um, and resisting those things that are antithetical to the faith. So thank you Mm. so much for helping us to do that. You can learn more about Culture Proof, about the ministry that the Lord has entrusted to us by going to cultureproof.net. That is Mm cultureproof.net. All right. Will the Great. Yes. Chief Diversity Officers. What is your understanding (laughs) of what a Chief Diversity Officer Mm. does? My understanding is that they are set there to make sure that everything is uh, distributed equ- equally. Like, and, and what are those things? Like well, what things? according to race, according to ethnicity, <laughs> that you know we have the proper people, uh, a, a diversity of people in proper positions, mm. just because everyone needs to to be represented and seen. And so, but especially black and brown. Mm-hmm. And it, it's amazing uh, the terms that get used. This, this stuff sounds like it would be great. Diversity. I I don't have anything against diversity, equity. If it occurs naturally, <laughs> equity. I mean, I don't have anything really against. How do you control equity? And then inclusion. I mean, man, I, I think those can be great things. But the way that who decides which one <laughs> is rightly included? What right. are the things that can? I right. listen. <laughs> I know. I know. All terms must be defined. But it's amazing how they take terms and they own them, and yeah. like they'll they'll put them together. They'll take terms from here there and make it to what they desire for it to mm-hmm. be and so you have to have your 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 radar up your antenna antennas up when you hear these letters you know and have to know what they mean what they're trying to do because at the core of it it's sinister mm-hmm. you know it's divisive and so when you ask me that question I, I just feel like it's a push to say that we're trying to include everyone that everyone needs uh, a position uh, at, at certain levels mm-hmm. and things like that, that everyone has to be represented, that there are certain people who are normally represented that don't get represented. <laughs> and so we need to make spaces for these oh people my goodness, to be Oh, goodness, it's so represented. confusing. And there's so much. Like, you have to constantly check yourself to see if you're, like, fitting within the parameters of what it is um, to be inclusive, to, to have representation, as it's called. So my question mm. is this, then, based on what you just described— yeah. Also, go a step further and describe for me what this would look like in elementary education. Like, what might this look like in K-12 education, having mm. a chief diversity officer? What would they be doing? Well, I think they would they would look out and the people that they, they will staff and say, we have to have people who, teachers or whatever, counselors, or whatever, represented of a certain group to be able to be a part so they can identify, so the students can mm. identify with with a certain look, you know, someone that looks like me. Let me ask you this: Do you think it's akin to affirmative affirmative action? Are these like kin folks? It seems yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's an interesting way to put it. Um, I I would imagine yes. I I would imagine that it says that people should be in place because of the color of their skin, mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily their merit. So I would say yeah, it would be very similar. I guess what I'm trying to figure out as we unpack this mm-hmm. is 
how does this serve students? Like if you have a, well, a chief diversity officer yeah. in place. I think I think their argument would be that it shows students that there's someone that looks like you that's represented in a higher place that, you know, hmm. so it's not that all of the teachers or administrators are one race or one okay. eth ethnicity. So, so theoretically speaking, how would that positively affect grades? Like how, how would that affect <laughs> outcomes as far as education is concerned? Mm, that's a great question. I don't know if it would. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to jump to the end of the podcast, but yeah. um, yeah. drum roll. It doesn't. Right. It's like, here's what's behind door number two. Here, here, here's what you didn't get. So I think this is really interesting because we have known for a long time that when you have a chief diversity officer or someone who directs diversity, equity and inclusion, whatever category category you put that in. Mm -hmm. But basically it is color based bias. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what that's what it is. It's mm -hmm. color based bias and whatever it looks like, whether that's in hiring practices, whether that's in the way that you put certain kids in classrooms and what kind of curricula you approve. All of this falls into the category of color based bias, I believe. Mm -hmm. But now what we know, thanks to the Heritage Foundation, is that it's not working. So we saw an explosion of these chief diversity officers for the duration of this podcast. We'll call them CDOs, okay? So we saw an explosion of CDOs all across this country. And now we actually have hard data to show us that putting them in place did not serve the students that they purported to serve. So let me just kind of get into content here, take a look at some of these numbers, and then we'll have a conversation around it. A summary of this backgrounder from the Heritage Foundation reads as follows. As of August, 48% of school districts with at least 15,000 students had a chief diversity officer. Mm -hmm. Districts with a CDO suffered greater pandemic learning losses by black and Hispanic students. Mm -hmm. Not only did these black and Hispanic students experience significantly larger declines in math achievement, but those declines on average exceeded the rate of decline among white students. In fact, CDO's energies appear to have been directed to political contentious or politically contentious issues. Mm. So you've got districts with CDOs that were significantly more likely to have policies that kept parents in the dark about children's so-called gender or preferred pronouns or bathroom use. Mm. So there's a real problem here if you make a connection between the number of uh, chief diversity officers that we have mm -hmm. and the decline in math achievement among black and brown. So black and Hispanic right, students. Right. Okay. But then also you connect that to the rise of the exclusion of parents in their kids education or knowing what's happening with them at school. Uh -huh. You put all of that together. The CDOs have got to go. That's amazing because I, I, my thinking is so, if there was supposed to be a concentration on this so that it would help students, you know, and, but the, the reverse happened, mm -hmm. they, they, they did worse. It's, it's, it's like, so what were they doing? So, you know, what were they doing to not even cause there to be an improvement, mm -hmm. but to be a decline? It's like, what, what were you doing? Well, okay. So I don't want to oversimplify things, but in my opinion, what they were doing was um, maybe they were scheduling these preschool story hours where they have drag queens coming in. Maybe they were hmm. assaulting verbally parents who had questions about some of the required reading that was being presented wow. to kids in the name of diversity and equity and inclusion. Right. Maybe they were making math immoral by using hmm. word problems that <laughs> offended the sensibilities 
responsibilities of most parents across this country. Maybe wow. that's what they were doing. Yeah. And maybe because they were putting all of their energy into that, they didn't have time to recognize that, oh, by the way, the kids can't divide. Oh, and by the way, they don't understand basic math. Like, because their bent is toward an ideological goal, right? Is that you don't have kids who believe in a binary. So if you're putting all of your energy into that, maybe you're forming, you know, I don't know, marches or, or maybe you are scanning kids Google searches after mm. they go on their lunch break. Oh. <laughs> maybe you're determining that they're queer and don't know it because wow. diversity, equity and inclusion. And so I think what, what what this really boils down to is how we are marking success among our school age children. Mm -hmm. And so these CDOs would be seen as a wild success when you've got upwards of 40 percent of mm. Gen Z yeah. identifying as queer, some some level, some space mm -hmm. on the spectrum here yeah. that is glorified and exalted in our culture today. So it had nothing nothing to do with education and, and um, giving a boost there, but more uh, most of, of, of the of the agenda and how can we get these children formed in the way that we desire for them to be formed. You know, yeah, it was all about that. That's that's what it was all about. And now we mm. have the data, we have the numbers that actually to prove it. They actually it. prove it, actually show it. So mm -hmm. let me get back into this here because I think this information is so important. As of August 23rd, um, I'm sorry, as of August 2023, 48% of school districts with enrollment of at least 15%, I'm sorry, 15,000 students mm -hmm. had a chief diversity officer. That's okay. up from 2021. Um, it was 39% in 2021. Now, what's what I find interesting about this, so two years ago, you had 39% of school districts that had 15,000 or more students, okay, at least 15,000 students. 39% of them had chief diversity officers. Two years later, you've got 48%, nearly half of those school districts have chief diversity officers. You can directly connect this to the demand or the need to spend that those COVID dollars that got pumped into schools, right? Yeah. Like, how are we going to help kids? How are we looking at some of the recouping some of the losses that we suffered during the pandemic? But at the same time, you've got the rise of all of this sort of, I would say, not only rebellion against God, of course, it's rebellion against God, but rebellion against the authority of parents, mm, right? right? So at the same right. time that you've got all these dollars being pumped into public schools, they've got to be spent. Mm -hmm. These dollars have got to be spent trickling down from the federal government. They've got to be spent. Right. And so how do we do that? Oh, well, it's in vogue for us to have a CDO. So hmm. we got some salary dollars that we can say, here's how we're spending money. And here's how this is going to go to aid those who are disadvantaged. And now what we know is that it did not aid those mm. who were disadvantaged. So since we know this, that means like in any um, organization or business or whatever, and you see the results, that should be uh, doing away with some of these CDs, yes. right? Uh, yes. And, you know, so it seems like there should be a lot of these offices that have been vacated. Like, no, we don't need this anymore because it's not working. Yes. So let's look at this. So um, what Heritage did was it looked at these school districts and looked at the numbers that had these CDOs on staff. And it looked at the decline in the math scores among black students and Hispanic students versus white students. And it's really just stunning to look at the numbers and to see how much there was a decline in their education mm. whenever you had a CDO present. Okay. So 
in the category, the relationship between CDOs and district policies to keep gender secrets, you also see an increased activity or increased function of these CDOs to keep parents in the dark. So mm. let's first take a look at the um, the math the math scores that declined as a result of having these CDOs in place. And let me just pull it up here because that is absolutely stunning. Mm. Man, it's, a, it's amazing when you think about this. They, they put it out there as something that would help, something that would boost, you know, the morale, I guess, of students. And, you know, you're seeing somebody that looks like you or whatever it may be, or we're addressing issues that are close to you. But it backfires because your agenda is not really that. Mm -hmm. You don't really care about that, really. You're just trying to shape these children to to be a certain type of way, man. It's and to me, as as a parent, if I'm hearing this, I'm like, man, I I want that gone, you know, and I I want that not to be a part of the school that I was in my ch my child to. It's Absolutely, just, yeah, you know. So here, this is from the Daily Signal, right? Mm -hmm. So taxpayers provided 190 billion dollars in extra funding to schools. Billion. $190 billion in extra funding to schools so that they could prevent learning loss during the pandemic. Okay. So as a result, schools decided to use a bunch of the money to hire chief diversity officers who actually exacerbated learning loss among black and Hispanic students. So wait, they used a crisis, you know, some kind of chaos to kind of get in what they really wanted that by sounds, way of dollars that sounds kind of by way so, you know, so you, it, it really does and hmm. and 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 the the uh presence of mind among those who have uh nefarious aims in mm -hmm. mind but the mm -hmm. presence of mind to not waste that crisis right mm -hmm. to say okay we had a crisis here so many of our kids are falling behind what do we need well we need to pump some dollars into our schools to make sure that we <laughs> can recoup those learning losses. And it's amazing to me that they made the connection between recouping learning losses mm -hmm. and hiring chief diversity officers. That's so, what the agenda is. So essentially That's, it's like, yeah. it's like the black and brown kids, we automatically know that they're going to be in need, which again, my <laughs> problem with critical race theory is that it says that black kids are incapable of learning. Right. Right. So right. automatically you're going to have a problem with the black kids. You're going to have a problem with the Hispanic kids. Let's get some CDOs in there. Okay. But to, but to that point, mm -hmm. here is what they actually found. Quote, we found that black and Hispanic students in districts that had hired chief diversity officers lost an additional 4.5 percentile points on their math achievement test relative to districts that did not have a chief diversity officer. Furthermore, when wow. they compare that to the white students, what they found was a 25 percent decline. A 25% decline in the black students and the Hispanic students as far as their math scores were concerned. Mm. So my question is, what does this mean for the way we think about what kids need in order to be able to learn? Well, we understand, you know, quite clearly that they didn't need this. Yes. You know, and that... Man, what what was needed is a real, true, genuine focus on the things that they say that they were gonna do. Mm -hmm. You know, if they they man, they really just use this as a, a way to implement further some, some uh, an agenda that they wanted to push. Yes, 
you know, and, and, and we know this is true from the, 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 the things that we've reported on before that happening in the schools mm-hmm. and the things that, like you said earlier, it's, it's really sad that you have people who are sinister, sinister mindsets out there that are willing to do things like this just to capture the minds and the hearts of the children. And so to your point, let's talk about what it looks like in their endeavor to capture the hearts and the minds of students, because while you have a decline in the math scores coming from the black and brown students, right? right. What you have is an increase in these districts that have CDOs to keep kids gender confusion away from parents. All right. Mm. So back to the background or here, yeah. the relationship between CDOs and district policies to keep gender secrets is a category in this study, right? School districts that have CDOs are significantly more likely to also have policies to keep information about changes in students' self-identified gender, names, and pronouns secret from parents. Now, let me put a percentage. It's so so wicked. It It is is so wicked. So let's put a percentage on this. In districts with a CDO, 40% had policies to keep secrets from parents, compared to 17% in districts that did not have a CDO. Mm, wow. Now wow. let's just think, let's just pause and think about that. 40%. So in the districts where you have a chief diversity officer, that was 40%, supposed to help the black and brown. Lady. Come on. So come what on. are they doing here? You know, implementing policies to deceive racist? parents. It does seem racist to me. <laughs> if you want to call things racist, that I mean, seems you know? like what, like what does that mean? Wow. What, what does that mean? Wow. Right. So here's the bottom line. And here's the thing. That's the rub for me. When we start talking about, carving out spaces and when we start asking the question well what does it look like to put a person in this position and how do we ensure that our kids have the best possible outcomes this is what the world says the world says that a black kid can't learn math unless it's taught by a black teacher (laughs) so to that end you've got these chief diversity officers in place all across this country by the way who believe that who are saying, well, we need more black and brown teachers to the point that you made when we opened the podcast up. Mm-hmm. So you, we need more black and brown teachers because right. Hispanic students are going to learn best when they've got Hispanic teachers and black teachers are going to or black students are going to learn best when they've got black teachers. So the CDOs spring to action, creating that kind of environment, ousting teachers who are qualified. Mm ousting teachers who can do the job right but they're not they're not judging them by the content of their character right Right. they're judging them by the color of their skin they're not even judging them by their output or their track record they're judging them by the color of their skin so while they're ousting all of these teachers which by the way which by the way we have in this country we have put an end to the teachers who will say you can do better Mm. we (laughs) we put an end to the teacher who says I'm not lowering the standard for you. Go back and do it again. No, that's wrong. And it's absolutely wrong. Not like I'm not giving you credit for where you grew up. (laughs) I'm not giving you credit for where you, because this, this is what our diversity, equity and inclusion mantra calls for. It calls for lowering the bar. And I just want to say, man, I am so glad Mm -hmm. that when I was in school, I didn't have teachers who would say to me, well, you know, they're just things you're not going to be able to do because you're black. Mm. But but this is what we want in front of kids today. And so here's the thing. What I believe what these numbers show is that kids have lived down to this expectation. Okay. They have said, you know what? They don't expect us to really do much. 
Yeah. They yeah. kids can hear and they can sense what the conversation is that surrounds them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what we are seeing now is that kids have lived down to these lowered expectations. It is outrageous to me that you would have any teacher worth his or her salt in a classroom telling a kid, hey, listen, you misspelled that word. But mm. look, after all, you're Hispanic. <laughs> Like what, where, how, how have we gotten to this place? So here you have it again, anything that it touches, critical race theory, anything that it touches, it destroys. So diversity, equity and inclusion officers, chief diversity officers, different name, same game. What they're doing is reducing standards and kids are living down to that. And it's now reflected in their math scores. But what's even more sinister than that Mm -hmm. is that while we've got failing grades Mm -hmm. among students, Mm -hmm. what we do have is parents being deceived Mm. you have more transing of the kids you have kids more confused and that being celebrated in schools so these chief diversity officers are investing all of their time in an ideological bent and not investing any time in what's actually happening inside the classroom Mm. that's going to be measurable for that kid's best possible outcome it's really disgusting it's really really sickening man i think when, when i hear this i'm thinking about the parents and i'm thinking what is the call to do you know, um, and we would say, you know, man, you got to truly, truly look at homeschooling and, and other alternatives that would be outside of the public school system, you know, and really think hard about those things, like to, to really put some prayer into it, to really see, you know, what the Lord is saying, because as time is going on, man, it's, wor- again, it's getting worse and worse and it's not improving. Uh, and also, if so, if, if your if your child is in this environment, there has to be way more involvement and parents getting this information and mm-hmm. speaking out and saying, maybe going to those school board meetings or whatever and said, we don't want this anymore. And I don't know if there would be a move to kind of take, you know, run this stuff back. Probably not because usually sinister, sinister people, they want to press forward mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, even if it's not working, it is working to them. It is working. Yeah. Because really. the ideology it's is doing advancing. what they, yeah. What they really want is right. doing. But as the, as you have these numbers come out, there should be some major pushback mm-hmm. to wherever these things are in schools that is being questioned, is being criticized. It's being like, Hey, what's going on for mm-hmm. real? You know, and that has to happen on the strength of the parents, man. But you know, I think the problem though, on this will, the great is that parents don't know. I think we don't know mm these numbers, at least not by way of comparison. I think if most parents would say, well, my kid is struggling in math and they would just limit that to the kid's ability and not saying that there's a disconnect between what my kid is being taught and what my kid is learning. Right. Mm. Like maybe, maybe the kid is doing the best with what is being presented to him or her. Right. Like maybe the kid doesn't have a teacher in position that actually says, Hey, it matters to me deeply that you get this information. I can remember I mean, this is a few years ago and, and, and talking with a friend whose daughter was in a math class, um, high school math class, um, mm-hmm. and she was just lamenting to her mom and the mom was sharing it with me how her math teacher said to her, look, I'm going to get paid whether you learn this or not. <laughs> now, and, and look, I, <laughs> that's and, and so we we have all of these numbers where we talk yeah. about where black kids fall as far as like on the continuum of who's educated in school. Right. right? And like always at the bottom. Right. And we have this continuum of where, where the Hispanics are, where the whites are, where the Asians are. And we don't like to talk about those things. It makes us very uncomfortable, but we have to talk about them. Mm. We have to say that, Hey, that's not fatal. 
That, mm. that's, that's not automatic. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be that way, that right. there is achievement that you can see. There, there are measurable results that you can see when kids are educated. And look, being able to understand the ways in which kids are smart. Man, Dr. Mm -hmm. Kathy t teaches on this so much. Yeah, yeah. Our, the way our current education system is, it does not allow for that exploration. And that's sad to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, we, we can't say, Hey, you may not be inclined in this way, but you're inclined in this way. Right. And we want to aid you in that. We want to help you in that. No parents as the first line of defense, as the ones entrusted with, with the children by God, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. We can observe that and we can help build up those strengths that we see in our children. I want to, I want to mm. make sure to include this in the discussion because you mentioned something. Yeah. Well, let me do two things. Okay. You mentioned, you know, where the end of this will ultimately be like, how does this stop? And one of the things that Heritage points out is that the COVID dollars in our schools have to be spent by the end of 2024. Okay. So there is the real possibility that the funding, you I'm know, the salaries out. that are being paid to these CDOs, right. there is the real possibility. And they'll that just find another way to, they, try to implement this same type <laughs> of stuff. This is where parents come in. And I do want to yeah. make sure to list a call to action because I think it's important. But let me let me read this here. This is back to Heritage's uh, backgrounder on the lack of success coming from these chief diversity officers. Yeah. It says um, an ostensible purpose of having chief diversity officers. We started out talking about this. What's the purpose of them? Right. Mm -hmm. In K-12 school districts is to address the specific learning needs of minority students and to reduce achievement gaps. Gaps. Okay, that we understand that to be the purpose. The evidence on learning loss during the pandemic makes clear that CDOs are not serving that purpose. Mm. Chief diversity officers not only failed to stem the magnitude of learning loss by black and Hispanic students during the, the pandemic, but plausibly they worsened their achievement gaps. Wow. They worsened. So think about this in the place where you have the CDOs, the chief diversity officers, the self-professed self saviors of the black and the brown kids mm -hmm. didn't do it. Wow. They didn't do it. Yeah. Can, can I say this? Is it, is it possible that if we just get back to teaching, is it possible that if the teachers just taught the students and 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 cared about the student and not based on his or her color ones because they didn't meet the quota of how many teachers teachers i'm talking about yes. yeah you know it seems almost like the government it's like whenever they say they, that they're going to implement We're something to help. to help you <laughs> run it, it turns around and, and it's really for your demise run that's i mean it's crazy to see because they put it out there like man we're trying to do this and help this group of people and it's like no you're not and think about it think about the parents all across the country who were goodwilled and 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 wanted to believe the best for mm -hmm. the teachers that they were putting into place and wanted to believe the best for those members of the school board who said it was to our advantage that we would hire a chief diversity officer think about the parents now who would be sitting back and going wait a minute my kid is actually not faring better mm -hmm. with a chief diversity officer in place. Yeah. The only way that can happen is if the parent is dialed in. Yeah. Unfortunately, too many parents all across this country will take their kid, drop the kid off seven, eight hours a day. Right. Everything is hunky-dory. See, that's the thing I think that the Lord is allowing us to do. You get this information and we're able to share 
these numbers we have and to. what's going on. So I would say share this podcast. If you know a family, uh, you know, you have a relative mm-hmm. whose child is in school and they're, they have this going on, like let them know because that's the way the information gets out. You know, this may be, may be something that would go over someone's head and, and you may not know these details and things like that. But that's why God has sent us here yeah. to be able to help in this way, you know, and we, we want to do that. And so I, I would share this program. Look, and I, w- I want to say this too, because I think there are a lot of people who would be listening to this and they would say, well, Will, Miki, you guys homeschool. Why do you continue talking about what's going on in the public school? Mm-hmm. Because our brothers and sisters in Christ have kids who are in public school. That's right. That's right. And because we are called to sound the alarm, to make sure that we know what's happening in the world around us. And just because we don't have kids in the public school system doesn't mean that we don't care about our brothers and sisters in Christ who do have kids That's there. That's right. So we warn and we say, hey, this is going on. So if people are praying about, okay, how do I educate my kid? What is the Lord calling me to do what I want to, well, you need to have all of this information in hand. Yes. Or should I say, you need to have all of this information before you hit your knees, like to, <laughs> to go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Look back to this article here, mm-hmm. rather than devoting their time to ensuring that minority students took equal advantage of all available learning tools and opportunities. It appears that CDOs were focused on pursuing very different agendas. Mm. The evidence connecting the presence of CDOs to the policies to keep gender secrets from parents suggests that CDOs are more focused on promoting ideological goals than educational ones. Mm. Wow. So so here's the thing. (laughs) Our kids are gaining some information. Mm -hmm. It's just not the information we've sent them to gain. Right, right. And they, I mean, think they, about yeah, that. They've used this front to get across an agenda that they really want to get across. Man, it, that's that's evil. That's mm. wicked. Given that CDOs are associated with ideological activism and negative effects on student achievement, it is puzzling that more districts are creating such positions. The expansion in the number of CDOs in K-12 schools is even more puzzling since the number of chief diversity officers is beginning to shrink in corporate America. Now think about that. Mm. So in corporate America, we are saying, you know what? We've reached our peak wokeness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't. That's what it's first started. We can't get we, any woker. Yeah. In the right? Corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and I would say trickled. So, so okay. it left the university level. Okay. okay. When you start thinking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, all of that, then I would w- say that okay. this left the university level. Yeah. Then made it into corporate America. It was big there. It was like absolutely. Every my all organizations had this destroying, <laughs> destroying universities, yeah. destroying corporations, Man. right? And so now you've reached kind of like the saturation point, and what's left, I think, if parents don't. If, if parents are not vigilant, mm-hmm. what's left is that you reach a saturation point in K-12 schools. But the question always has to be, why? how did we survive for so long without CDOs? <laughs> and why do we need them now if we don't see a direct connection between their presence and the increase in academic achievement? Mm, yeah. I, I, I would strongly suggest we don't need them. Right. That that, that is, that the is numbers a, would too. And that's a that's a placeholder. <laughs> yeah. That's a placeholder where you you don't need to have these people in position. They're collecting checks and what are they doing? Well, we know what they're doing. They're advancing an ideology. Right. You know? So there's there are three calls to action okay. in this piece that I thought were really good. Um and, and I want to throw these out because I know that parents are listening and they say, Well, what can I do? Like yeah. you know, number one, man, please disciple your kids. 
Now, why do I start with that? Because I'm like, know your kids, Mm. know where your kids are. Like sit down with your kid and ask your kid questions about what he or she is learning. You do not have the luxury of not knowing what is going into your kid's ear gate every day. You don't have that as a luxury. All right. So number one on this list here of parental responses, what what can we do or how should we as a culture and a society respond is number one, state legislatures should oversee the process by which chief diversity officers are hired and evaluated. If CDOs are deemed unnecessary or their efforts unproductive or counterproductive, legislative action is wholly appropriate. Number two, School districts should investigate whether hiring CDOs is associated with improved academic outcomes. Point blank. (laughs) Point blank. You do this with teachers. Mm -hmm. At least you should, right? You should say, when I hired this teacher, did I have a certain expectation of this teacher? Did this teacher meet that expectation? Are kids learning? Are kids advancing? Are kids growing? So the same thing with the chief diversity officer. If you look at the the chief diversity officer and you find that they are not excelling, kids are not excelling where we have CDOs in place, then they need to go. Yeah. Why? Why do we have them there? Yeah. Now this this piece here says the third the third level of protection is the parents. Mm. Of course, as you heard, I start. I that I think right. that is the wrong order. Okay, right. but I'm just gonna go here because I appreciate what Heritage has done. All right. <laughs> so number three, they say parents. Parents should communicate with their local school boards and indicate whether they believe CDO positions should be eliminated. School boards oversee the hiring of taxpayer-funded school employees and have an interest in curtailing ideological activism. Yeah, that should be number one. That should and be number I, one. And I think you know, with all due respect to Heritage, they should see by what's happened in culture with parents and mm-hmm. how that that should be number one because that's the front line. You know, that's the power, you know, when parents speak up, man, those people listen. Yeah, they really and even do. Even if they don't want to hear what they have to say, it makes a difference. So yeah, but I get it. I so get here it. here's the <laughs> we'll, we'll allow it. But here here's the difference and and here's the rub, right? We as Christians, as we speak out against the rebellion in our culture, as we speak out against the attempts by our culture to turn our kids against us, right? Like we've been told that we're crazy. We've been told that, you know, we need to sit down, stay at home because the kids are in school now. And so now they own them. them. That's That's, that's what they believe, right? That they are theirs. So what I'm saying is that when we engage in these conversations, one of the things that we want to do is equip you with the kind of information Mm -hmm. that will allow you to engage with knowledge that you can say, you know what, in places where they have achieved diversity officer, the kids are not even doing well. Mm -hmm. You know who's most adversely affected by this? Black kids and Hispanic kids. Mm. And and you have the evidence. We're going to include the link to this backgrounder <laughs> in the podcast. So when you share the podcast, people yeah. can go and read the information for themselves. And and that's what people would say. People would say, <laughs> well, just you're talking about this is racist. And then you can say, no, you know what's racist? What's racist is to disadvantage kids simply because of the color of their skin and then call that progress. That's right. That's, that's Boom. it. Boom. Yeah. You can look, you yeah. can quotable. You can you can you can quote. Anyway, we're out of time, but we really wanted to make sure that we got this information as we engage in these conversations. We don't have to shy away or shrink back. Number one, we have the eternal word of God. Number two, we can see in real time the failures that are happening in our culture as we turn away from God's standard of righteousness and truth. Mm -hmm. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, that's how we remain culture proof until next time. Lord willing. God bless. 